Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, an instant reaction episode where I'm not entirely sure how to feel. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's a nice, cool evening here. It's 12.06 a.m. It is is late. <laughs> and, Although, uh, it, d- depending how long we, we were here, we, we could relive an hour twice. That's no. true. Cause that's at two. That's two hours away. I'm not. I'm, yeah, we're not going to yammer that long. No, I might fall asleep over here. So your Red Raiders lose to the number seven Oklahoma Sooners, fifty-one to forty-six. Fall to five and four, three and three in the Big Twelve Conference. Yeah. If you'd have just said that, that's how the game went. Just with the final score before going in, you'd think, well, that's kind of better than we thought. That's better than we thought it would go. But having watched this game and seen it, see it unfold and to see that Bowman was unable to complete the game and Allen went out and we had just some unforeseen adversity, now you feel a little bit less um, – not satisfied, but you can't live with it quite as as well as you would have if someone had just said, "Well, you're going to lose fifty-one to forty-six to the number seven team in the country. You're going to lose by five, right?" Mm-hmm. You think, "Oh, right, wow, one, that's an odd score. Two, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure we'll get to that. Right? Actually, I'm. I'm. We're, we're going to get to that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah, the. You know, aside from the two interceptions, Murray was just about – well, I mean, he, he had some a lot of incompletions. He was 20 for 35, but he was, as advertised, had uh, – He had 460 yards of offense. Yeah. 100 of it on the ground, 360 in the air. Uh, Tech allowed – Mm. 100 rushing yards to Murray and then 206 to Sermon. You, you remember you remember when we were talking about um no so it, it may have been like on on Saking the Plains and not obviously on the podcast but like every week it was a oh look somebody else got their season high or career high rushing yards or yeah. career, touchdowns that happened again tonight. Right that uh they mentioned it on the broadcast. Um, it was 165 yards was when they mentioned that he had reached his career high. Oh, but he wasn't done. But he finished at 206. Which, okay, so this is the first time you, you do this or that we're, like, talking about it this this season. 
it happens, right? It, we talked about the OU defense, sorry, the OU offense being the best one that you're ever going to face this season. Um, to your point, Murray was, as advertised, 460 yards by himself, essentially. Fast. Dude, there were so many times where you thought you, you had him wrapped up and, like, he broke off 20 so yards. So fast. I I was texting Adam back and forth. You'll probably hear me reference that quite a bit. But we were texting back and forth, and I just couldn't believe how fast he was. I haven't watched – you know, I hadn't just sat down and watched an OU game this year. I, I saw the tail end of the of the Texas game, but this was the first time I got to see his speed. And his speed was just unbelievably impressive. Yeah. And then Sermon, um, I mean, it was just tackling a la 2016 and earlier. You couldn't figure out a way to bring him or Murray down. That's, okay, understandable with Murray, but, like, Sermon, dude ran right at you. Oh, yeah, black jerseys all around. Somehow just ran right through you. Uh, We missed a lot of tackles that uh, you'd pointed out. I think Brian was pointing it out on Twitter, too that were circa 2015 type tackles where you just jump towards where you think they're going to go and they don't go there and diving at people. You're just on the ground and and you're you're three yards away from the defender. Yeah. The the defense for as much as they came up as best they could in the third quarter, uh, I thought they played a really solid third quarter, you know, a three and out against this offense is incredible. I think there might have been two. I can't remember for sure. Uh, you know, they they kept them. You know, they had them – I think I think they forced them to punt three times. Of course, mm-hmm. they didn't punt at all in the first half, and the only time they didn't score was those two interceptions. But they, they did what they could to keep Tech in the game in the third quarter, um, allowing only seven points. And – just the offense couldn't capitalize on it and I'm I'm sure we'll get into why but part of it is because the the quarterback that you had in the first half who only had five incompletions went 21 for 26 227 yards about nine yards a, a pass and two touchdowns was absent and it appears to be some sort of breathing issue that's that's just all speculation at this point. All of it's speculation. Of course, it may have been answered in the press conference, but... I skipped that today. Yeah, Spencer skipped the press conference today. and You'll have to forgive me. Yeah, I, I might try to look for it on and Twitter while we're talking, but y'all, we're gonna y'all have probably to f- already know if you're listening right now. You may know what, what was going on. We're going to have to forgive Michael for not being able to hold his mic still. He keeps changing his hands, and it's like... Oh, Every couple of seconds. Am I so doing that? We're, we're that bad? D- we didn't even set up the mic stands. We're just hand-holding these bad boys again. Um, so you'll probably hear that on both sides. Yeah, so Bowman went out, and it looked like he was injured on a, a running play. Dude kept the ball, ran it, and got hit pretty hard at, like, the goal line. Yep. It was like – And just to get back to the line of scrimmage – I don't – I wasn't – Maybe. I don't I, even know when it was. I, I just know that, like, hindsight here, you're going to feel pretty stupid about this. Right? Um, 
but of course you can't make decisions, you know, in the midst of a game with hindsight, you can't say, you know, I'm not going to call that play cause he's going to get hurt. I don't, I, so I, I was, I was telling Michael, I was on the field for the entire first half. Um, those two interceptions happened right in front of me. I was in the north end zone next to the obnoxious Boomer and Sooner mascots because they brought both of them. There's two? There's two. One's, one's wearing a, like a white jersey, one's wearing a red jersey. Oh. And they're just Boomer and Sooner. Yeah. There was one thing I was really appreciative of. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. They had the OU band in the north end zone in the north, like the upper section, upper deck. But somebody in stadium ops figured out that, like, Nobody, probably not even Sooner fans, want to listen to Boomer Sooner 50,000 times in a game. So any time they saw the director moving, there was music blaring over the PA. Like, I, can, I can't remember a time on the, field, <laughs> on the field ever hearing the band play, but I saw them moving. Oh, well, you heard them on the broadcast a lot. Well, that's unfortunate because they were like you couldn't hear them in the stadium. I swear there were there was one time that at least in the first half, in the second half I was in the press box. Yeah, which is par partially why I don't know how to respond to this game because that second half I watched on like a weird delay. Like I would hear the stadium react, and then the guy that does the PA in the press box would halfway announce the play, and then it would come up on the TV. Oh, hey, going back to what we were talking about with Bowman. Uh, Cliff did say in the press conference, I'm reading a tweet from Derek Duke. I think he's with Heartland. Cliff did say that the Alan Bowman injury was from the Curtis Bolton hit before the half. Still not sure what the extent of the injury is. Yeah, he's not so that say was, anything. That was the obvious assumption after everyone got over that he might have gotten hit with a football. And I don't know who started that fake news floating around. Uh, you may have missed all that. That was all the speculation on Twitter and on the broadcast that he might have gotten hit with a football during warm-ups oh. in well, the second half when they came back out. Got I did hit in the head see and them. I guess had a – maybe they had to do percussion, uh, percussion, concussion protocol or something. But that was just kind of the rumor, and so you missed all that. Finally, it came out. I did see the video of them replaying him warming up on the sideline. And then just kind of collapsing a little. And then throwing his helmet. Yeah. 
They, so it this looked was, like this was well after they had started the yeah. Wonder if he was you know there's footballs thrown around out there and may have gotten hit with an errant football and all right anyways, <laughs> um. So let's I guess let's touch on some positives because I want to be positive right now. Antoine Wesley, yes, twelve receptions, 199 yards, didn't catch a touchdown, unfortunately. Nine of those receptions in the first half, which means. I'm really glad I wrote down first half stats. <laughs> Which means he was um, not targeted by Jet Duffy as much. He needed 23 yards to to crest 1,000 on this season. He's now up near 1,200 yards. Um, dude is like he's another couple hundred yards away from passing Kiki QT's season total from last year. Uh, with three regular season games to go. Um, and I guess technically can still break the single season receiving yards record held by Crabtree. He's got a which shot. Which is like, what, like 17, almost like 1,800 yards? He's got an outside shot he's got, to he's, get to it. He's about 1,200. He's, about, he's pretty close to 1,200 yards now, three games to go. So he needs, 600, he needs to average about 200 yards a game. But he does have Kansas State and Baylor that maybe he can pat a stats and or a bowl game. Well, what's what's crazy about that is, I mean, well, yeah, he me, had and and a bowl game. Yeah, you are going to make a bowl game, right? Well, he he had nine. I'm I'm not even going to like hit record if this season goes five and seven. <laughs> we're gonna be like, nope, we're done. No, he had uh, he only had the nine receptions in the first half, but it was for 108 yards, and then he got. 90 more yards on those other three receptions, which is crazy because he finished with 12 receptions for 199. So if he averages 30 yards a catch, he's and, and then he gets nine receptions or so, he should be in good shape. Get 270 a game. I think he can make it. Which, which of course, would just be for number one. He's he's already, I think he's number 10 or number nine now because I think he he, he passed Crabtree tonight. For his 2008 season, mm-hmm. because obviously Crabtree's 2007 season was where he was ridiculously unstoppable. Uh, he's got he only has a handful of yards to pass like the next two guys ahead of him. I think it's like another 70 yards, and it's like Carlos Francis and somebody else. It's like 2004, 2005 years back to back, where they had the exact same number of yards and it was two different receivers. Anyways, those two guys are next, and then and then I think it's um, Cootie. Um, so who would have thought your second leading receiver would have been Dalion Ward? Right. As as Rob Bro po- pointed out, that Kingsbury figured out how to <laughs> draw up a screenplay. Yeah, that was that was really much better this week. Yeah, that was much better. Some execution. Speaking of, let's let's actually kind of turn back to Twitter and see what you guys have have uh, chimed in with. Um, so, first question came in about fifty minutes ago from Kyle Jacobson. What's the mood surrounding the program if we finish seven and five? Well, I think seven and five is probably on the positive end of where you're expecting. I don't think a lot of people were 
ready to say this is an eight and four team. Um, I think we all kind of jumped on the on the wagon there early mid season, and then we saw this three game stretch between Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Texas as being fairly critical about how the the season would go. If you did well over those three games, you could significantly improve on that seven and five. Currently, you've you've gone zero and two. You win next week. You've got an outside. You you've got a great shot, obviously at eight and four, right? Which is fantastic. I I think which I think is yeah. Maybe not your most likely scenario, but it's your next likely. You're more likely to win eight wins. Sorry, you're more likely to win eight games than you are just six games. I would agree with that. And and seven and five is. I would say the mood is just kind of that's that was pretty much expected. A lot of people were saying that it was that it was expected. Now then you can kind of dive into the the other parts of it and dissect it a little bit and you know what if Tech had had a better uh you know a more stable starting quarterback as far as health is concerned, what if this, and what if running that? backs. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, – you could kind of dive into it a little bit, and you could pick it apart both directions, I'm sure, and say, well – Or what, what, where, are, where are all the turnovers this season? Right, ex- exactly. So I would go with that's about what we expected. And you do it a little differently than what you expected. Yeah. But I think – I don't know. I, I wouldn't say you'd take it, but you know what? It's I would I would liken it to how, however you feel right now after this game is probably about how you'll feel if we go seven and five. Okay, because right. you'll you'll go well. Yeah, we had a chance to to go eight and four or maybe nine and three, but I kind of thought we'd go seven and five, and here we are. So I, I'm going to say that just however you're feeling right now. And I'm saying that to myself too, kind of conflicted, trying not to dwell on it, but also going, well, this realistically, this was about what we could hope for. And then just trying to live with it. <laughs> right. Because you can't go back and say, well, after week six, I thought we should have gone nine and three and then be upset about it when you didn't get there. Mm-hmm. Right. So you would say, okay, well maybe you had more information after week six than you did week zero, but I mean, you, you've had to deal with playing three different quarterbacks. You've had to go five or six running backs deep. Um, you, you, I don't, I don't know. Well, it's just like this OU game. You start it, you started at week zero, basically, thinking, ah, Tech's, tech's not even going to cover. They're going to go down by 14 or, or more. And then you go through quarter one and think, hey, we got a shot here. And you start changing your expectations mid-game, so you can, and then you can kind of fall back on, well, where was I before the game started, and is this realistic or not? Yeah. So it's it's kind of a little micro part of the season. So related to this, we got another question: Andy Dobbins at a Dobbins twenty nine. We are what we are. We have to be able to win with our backups like elite programs can. Well. Yes, Bowman we, is our backup. We are what we are. We're 
the other thing is we're not an elite program. You have to be okay with losing games that maybe you had you would have otherwise had a shot to win because you are playing your backups. To your point, Bowman is the backup. Jet Duffy is your third string quarterback and he's had to play significant time this year. You've arguably won a game with him, which most teams probably can't say they can win a game with a third string quarterback. Well, I wouldn't even argue it. We won a game with Right, right. Duffy. Of course, it was the same team that lost to Kansas. But we didn't, I didn't have to bring that into it. Well, just, no, it, it's okay because it just means it is sort of relevant now. But you can also say we like we didn't lose to Kansas. They did. That's right. We owned Kansas. So, yeah, I'm just – I would disagree with you in saying that we have to be able to win with our backups like elite programs can. Well, if we want to consider ourselves elite – but we're several national championships away from considering us. At least that's where I'm at. You can be a lot. You can be a really good program and still not be able to win a lot of games with a backup. Yep. I mean, we're not, we're not Alabama and no, I don't want Alabama. Nobody wants any part of Alabama, maybe Clemson. They're putting 80 points up on people every week. Adam mentioned this week, he he wanted to clarify he does not want Bama, and he doesn't he doesn't even want to stay in the hotel, the same hotel room, not hotel room of course, oh. the same hotel as as Bama. Doesn't even want to be around him close. No no, no. We're, we're we don't want them. All right, Adele didn't see the whole game, but hanging tough till the end with number seventeen in the nation minus your starting quarterback, and sustaining key defensive injuries sounds pretty damn good. Um, yeah you. You lost Dakota Allen. I'm not sure what happened because I was on the field when it happened. I saw him going up up the tunnel. I was like, oh. He's got a big club cast on his left hand. Oh, dang. That's He's They like showed that finger. on the broadcast. Which you, you can still play with a broken finger or a broken hand. But it's not ideal. No. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to grab somebody. It's also hard to you know, intercept people. Yep. He could bat. He could bat the heck out of some passes. Bash people over the head with his club. Speaking of bashing, hold on. We have to talk about Vontae Dorsey. That's right. Dude's that gonna is kill somebody. Positive. That's that is probably the brightest spot of tonight. Is Dorsey? Um, Dorsey intercepted both of those passes yep. in the first quarter. Was also, I think, legit trying to you know rip people's heads off. He even sacked Murray. Check that off your bingo card. If you had Vontae Dorsey to to get a, a sack tonight against Murray, he was everywhere. He was. Dude was, like, blowing it up. Um, the point I think somebody else made in the Slack chat is why, having seen him return interceptions, why doesn't he get a shot at returning punts? Because Daquan Bowman. He had a pretty good return tonight. He, he did well tonight. Yeah. But that's that's and he kind did of have at least one or two right. He had one or two good returns, but but uh, yeah, no no complaints, no qualms with with his play tonight. But Dorsey was just he was the highlight of the game, aside from probably maybe Wesley. Yeah, defensive player of the game. How about that? Oh, big time. Okay, yeah, no question. Brian asks, 
asks, pending the severity of the injury, should Kingsbury consider letting Bowman set the rest of the season? Well, I would say absolutely, pending the severity of the injury. Yeah. I would say if it's a re-injury, like if it's the exact same thing that he dealt with, because I, 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 I haven't seen the video of what caused the injury, like the hit. Oh, yeah. Is, is, it, is it possible a re-injury type thing? I ha- I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it, okay. Uh, except when they, when they played it live, and then of course you know at that point you weren't as concerned when it happened. You you cringed a little, but and he was slow to get up, but you just didn't know that it was going to right. be an issue till almost half an hour later. So saying that you you'll let Bowman sit, you're rolling with Duffy because McLean Carter still. Hasn't, I mean, he came in for those the, a couple snaps against TCU. Um, he might be in better shape now. He looked like he was warming up at one point. He was. Uh, didn't make it into the game. So I, I, I mean, you're you're obviously lim- limiting your options if you're going to take your starting quarterback and say, you know what, precautionary, we're going to sit you the rest of the season, which is three games. No, excuse me. Four games. <laughs> You've got three regular season games and a bowl game coming up. Um, I don't think you would need anything better than Duffy to win two of the next three. Right. You would need a great game from him to win next week, which is doable. It's, I mean, it's not like he's a terrible quarterback and you're just like, just don't lose us the game. Yeah. No, I, I don't. Or I don't want to trash the guy by any means. It's just it's hard to be thrust into that situation. It was hard for Bowman and Ole Miss. It was hard for Duffy and West Virginia. And I mean, he still played very well, mm-hmm. aside for a couple hiccups at the end there. And he was down when he got put in against them. Uh, I, I I'm not here to to trash it. It's just it's hard to be ex- expected to come in and do that. And I know that's what people will say. Well, that's what they're actually taught to do. Yes. But then to do it is a different thing and to game plan for one guy. And then you have another guy. Yeah. Cause I'm sure you've, you've I'm got sure, to, you've got to change gears quite a bit. I'm sure d- the team was not preparing for Duffy to be the starting quarterback this week. Well, and you could tell that McNeil was, taken full advantage of it when he was when he went in and could tell that he was going to stay in they were rushing more uh they were getting a lot more pressure back there there's no more of that three-man front drop eight stuff when duffy was in there so they were uh they were getting to him dustin zinc all things considered, Tech fared pretty well. Thought we'd boat, we'd be boat race in the second half. We stayed basically within a score, and had a legit chance if we could have, if we could have got a stop. D Ward carried the ball for six point six yards per carry. Which I'll have to check on that. Curious, curious to why Kingsbury didn't stick with the run as much. Um, yes, Dalian Ward, eight carries, 53 yards, 6.6 yards per carry, one touchdown. I think that was a receiving touchdown. Jet Duffy. No, he had, he had one receiving and one rushing. Right. It, it wouldn't have shown up under rushing stats for a receiving touchdown. 
I is smart. <laughs> um, well, I, I can tell you at one point in the first half, late in the second quarter, you had 10 rushing yards. Oh, with, I didn't know that. With Bowman as your quarterback, you had 10 rushing yards. And it was, I mean, you were still scoring, but like there was very little uh, question if you're going to be throwing the ball or not. Um, yeah, I'm not sure w- why you weren't running because it seems like when you when Duffy was in the game and you were running, it was almost nothing but quarterback runs, and it was more often than not stuffed. Like he he didn't do very well running the ball by himself. Well, and and Ward's, you know, Ward's stats are s- slightly inflated because he only rushed for 53 yards, and out of those eight carries, one of those rushes was for 32. So the rest of his yards. He was seven for 21. Yeah. So that's not very good. That's three yards per carry. Yeah. But In line it, was, it was kind of on cue. It was great watching the broadcast. You didn't see this, but they were talking about how Tex had trouble running the ball tonight and they were needing to focus on it more or trying to focus on it more comparing themselves to Leach and everything. And it was right almost right then was when Ward rattled off that 32-yard <laughs> touchdown run. So that was kind of nice. All right, Jazz, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? I mean, McLean Carter, a quarterback who can consistently throw and not give me heartburn with his decision-making would be nice if Bowman is a no-go. Yeah, I agree. Um, was- I would think at this point – it has a lot – I mean, so I'm assuming his health and that he's good to go with his ankle. I think a lot – my assumption then why he's not getting more playing time would be that it's a deal of preparation, right? Carter right. was probably your number three quarterback going into this week. Right. Because you've been rolling with, with Bowman, and when he's healthy, he's great. Duffy's had more time as second string and has been – ready to go in more games than Carter. That may obviously change this week. You may see Carter roll out there against Texas, which kind of scares me because his one start last season was against Texas and he was tempting fate basically every time he threw the ball because he was throwing it at Chris Boyd. It was late almost every throw. <laughs> um, But I guess we'll, we'll, we'll he's learned, of, he's learned since then. It's fine. We'll, keep our finger on that pulse. Although it would be without Michael because he's going to be leaving us this week. Yeah. Well, I say without Michael, I should clarify without McDonald. Oh, you're getting Labar. Labar. Labar's the, is replacing you this week. He's the pinch podcaster. Yep. If tech close out the remainder of the schedule with a one and two record it ends up at six and six for the season, will cliff survive? So if he goes one and two, the rest of the season, Say yes, uh, yes. That is six and six. I, I for some reason I couldn't do math. Will he survive? Um, I would say yes. I would say no. You would because one of those games you you would lose a game that you're supposed to win. And I think it was actually said last season you went six and six. Um, Hokut said he has to do better next season. So he didn't say he has to go seven and five, but he said he has to do better. Well, what's better than six and six is seven and five. Better could still be 
justified in a different way. Yes. You can justify keeping him at six and six this season because of all the the improvements on defense this season, doing it without requiring turnovers and having just an inconsistent, um, gosh, I'm, I'm like, I'm blanking on the words here because it's late. Inconsistent starting skill position players in yes. the backfield. That's really, Sorry, because you've had to play so many different quarterbacks and so many running backs, you can probably justify your offense being a little off this season. Seemed like we abandoned the defensive game plan after two quick turnovers. Any thoughts why, or was I seeing something others weren't? So this was when I was on the field. I don't know if it was a defensive thing that was forcing the turnovers or if, if it was. I think Murray, Murray was definitely the first interception was just thrown to just about directly to Dorsey. Yeah. Brian also says Vontae Dorsey deserves everyone's leftover Halloween candy. Yeah. He can come have ours. We, we went trick-or-treating Wednesday night. Stayed out long enough that when we came back, we had candy and we had plans to hand it out. Nobody else came to our door. So all the candy we bought to hand out, it's still at our house. My wife got onto me. I was handing out too much to where we... You ran out really quickly. We, we, turned, out, we turned out the lights at 8. See, we, we got back to the house around 8. Well, uh, we've had people knock way past that. Or not way past it, but yeah. definitely closer to 9. So we turned off the lights and that was that. Ooh, th- this next question though. It's right up your alley. What are your thoughts on the blackout games? Oh. Texas Tech is now one in nine. One in nine since uh, the last time we were relevant nationally, which is a, a thorn in my side. Well, okay, it's, so, it's so, kind of like here, here's the thing, high though. school or something. Every time that gets brought up, but, but you know, oh, all the on. stuff about Crabtree and everything this week has just been kind of bitter. It's made me bitter. Counterpoint to that, that was though. great, but that was ten years ago. You don't you don't pull out blackout. For Kansas, you don't pull also up, true. You don't pull a blackout for Lamar. So you are going up you, against the, your, the better teams in the conference. That is true. With a little bit of uh, self uh, awareness, you haven't been the best team in the conference since a decade ago. And even then, it was three way tie <laughs> in the South. So yeah, you you beat Texas that year, which was great, and you got. <clears throat> Throttled, Excuse throttled me. profusely in Norman, and barely beat Baylor. Well, and then, your quarterback like destroyed his hand. Yeah, but Baylor and was played terrible. through it. They had Robert Griffin. They were still terrible. It was a home game. Well, you're also probably still reeling from having just gotten blown up in Norman. I'm just, I'm just. That season was great. I'm excited that we did it. Hunter Cook asks, who dropped the LSD in the official's water cooler? I didn't have as much issue with the officials, again, because I wasn't watching the broadcast. I wasn't seeing what they what everybody else was seeing. I, I know the call on the sideline where they said Lamb or Brown, I, I don't remember, it was on the right, so I think it was Brown, had a catch, they reviewed it, and they said it stood. The replay looked like, it sure looked like that right foot was, was coming up. And that he didn't have his left foot down. Yeah. But the OU football account tweeted something that sh- it sure looks like his left foot is levitating and or possibly 
wisping a grade of uh, a blade of grass. So I think that's what they pinned it on was that his left foot, he had control of the ball and his left foot was inside enough, but it's still, well, the, that didn't look very good. And there were a lot of OU fans on Twitter that were, I think they were more upset about penalties than we were. They had 10 called on them and we had seven on us. And somehow CD lamb gets two back to back, which I was so, out on the I, same play. I may have misunderstood and to stay it. in the game. I, I thought both of those were unsportsmanlike penalties. I think one was a personal foul and one was unsportsmanlike. But I but I thought a personal foul wasn't un- unsportsmanlike. Right. So did I. I think they were very similar, but they were worded differently because because you know, he because Reginald he, likes to explain things, but he didn't explain in that great detail. Because if you do get two personal fouls in the game, you are disqualified. You're ejected. Right. Um. It seemed like Lamb had two of them back to back within seconds of each other and should have been ejected, but wasn't. Also, in a case of should have been ejected and wasn't, an OU player apparently threw a punch um, and stayed in the game where we saw... They only replayed that once, so... Where we saw the game in, in, in Austin this afternoon, a West Virginia player looked like... It wasn't even like an, like an egregious punch, but like... A, kind of late last like I'm gonna get the last word in in an argument type of thing where he gave like one extra so shot <laughs> like in the dude's shoulder and he got ejected for it yeah no this guy got to play the whole game and I, I was I was able to use that to snark at, at the bar and say well, you know why he didn't why the OU guy didn't get ejected because we're not the Longhorns oh there was a there was another question on the other thread that I don't think you saw. Uh, Rob, with the Rob Bro Show, y'all listen to it, 7 to 9 a.m. on 1340 a.m., the fan. Uh, he had this to say, thoughts on Cliff obviously having a Duffy red zone package installed and then running Bowman on a called quarterback sweep. Put him in position he had no business being in. And that was... About exactly what we were talking about. Yes, because Duffy came in in the first half. Yeah, in, and he ran a couple zone. of plays in the red zone, and and he, he threw the the first touchdown. Yep, because he was you're like one Whoa. for one in the first half. Oh, Duffy's coming in. He's going to run it, and of course, oh, the first. Fake. Oh, they bid on that so hard. Yeah, it was it was really a, it was a, a great screen. play call. It was a it was a, Kingsbury had some good play calls tonight, um, and then Rob went on to say also W <laughs> what. WTF is Steve Levy doing primetime broadcasts. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, because it was Levy and, and Greasy. Yeah. And then Todd McShay in the sidelines. And I don't know how to how to word this appropriately where it doesn't sound like I'm just a creeper. But dude walked in front of me several times. Todd? Yep. Mr. McShane. McShay. Oh, sorry. Um, I was thinking Ian McShane on... So the fans... HBO. Are fans of McShay? I can see why, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, how many games in a row has Oklahoma rushed for over 300 yards against Tech? Sorry, Keith, I'm not doing the research. Too many. Yeah, probably quite a bit. Keith also asked, I left the Frazier after halftime because the patio was full of cheering Sooner fans. Thoughts? Um, they shouldn't be in the alumni pavilion. That's BS. That happens all the time, though. I have strong feelings about this. Well, maybe we should have you on. 
Yeah, to discuss why the Alumni Association is letting in opposing fans to yeah. the Alumni Tailgate. Keith might go on Rob's show this week, so maybe he could bring that up on the air to yep. bring it up in a couple of places. Yeah. I, I don't get that either. It, I haven't been there, Keith, when it was that one-sided, but I have been in there where it's been close enough to where you're just kind of uncomfortable and you, you think, why are all these people in West Virginia stuff in the alumni pavilion why is why is everyone in here decked out in burnt orange yeah this this isn't right dustin mcnab why isn't there an all subs closer than idaloo for a late night snack man that's such a great question i don't understand i don't understand people getting food from a like a convenience store that's not pre-packaged no i'm gonna throw that out there i have not eaten an all subs burrito what i'm not about that game how have we not had this conversation Anything that is in a warmer at a gas station yeah. is off limits no. in my book. Absolutely not. Sometimes happening. the warmer helps because it dries things out that, that need that, that kind of get a little bit of extra texture if they're a little drier. <laughs> I don't know what Lubbock has against Alsips. I don't know what happened. I feel like we need to mend this. We need to mend some old wounds because every every town outside of Lubbock has Alsips, but Lubbock has zero. Yeah. There's something. There's something political going on. We got to get to the bottom of this. I don't think you're going to help me. Nope. Jody at Mad Hombre, which I'm I'm a big fan of of his of this dude's Twitter handle. Is Carter still hurt? Which I think we touched on. I think you can assume he's either hurt or he's not he's not participating enough in practice to be considered okay to go into a game. Well, excuse me, to to overtake Duffy as your backup. Again, that may change this week. We'll see. Jesse at the... I'm not even... I'm sorry, dude. I can't pick that apart. One word, frustrating. Yeah, I don't... I don't disagree that it was frustrating. You You were in a position to win this game. Mm -hmm. You... Okay. The the two-point conversion that we talked about, what we said we were talking about later... Um, I'm I'm confused why you don't have a two point play in your bag of tricks, and maybe you do. Maybe what we saw run the first time is your two point play, but why is it we're going to take the ball out of the hands of your quarterback and give it to a receiver who used to play quarterback to throw it on the run off his back foot across his body, like that can't be your play design. That like what happened on that play is exactly what happens when you throw across your body on the run. Unless you're Pat Mahomes, but he's not. No, let's let's get this. No straight. one else is. Nobody transfers from Oregon State as a Patrick Mahomes. Um, I don't. I just. I don't understand why, even on your second attempt at a at a two point play, you basically threw into just an absolute crowd of sooner defenders um well let's go through the as michael consults his notes no let's go through the the mask here because at that time tech had just scored they were down 42 to 40 let's play some what if games what if so what if is if you convert the two-point conversion if you had like holgerson who apparently had two of them at the ready because he converted two of them to win their game. Because yeah, he did. UT called that timeout, but he had converted it anyway. 
and then he ran a, a separate play. And of course, I, I think it was, I think Greer may have made a read on that second one and knew that he could run it in himself. Washington State just missed a field goal. We're watching this live. That was ugly. It's tied 13 13 with three and a half left. All right. Uh, so let's say they make that two point and it's tied 42 all. Um, when, when sermon, Oklahoma. sermon, sermon on the mount just runs all down your throat on the next drive anyway, and you get down forty nine to forty two. Duffy somehow comes back, which he did, and he like, and he did. You did score after Sermon's touchdown, but yeah, when Sermon I, scored, you were down eleven points, right? Instead of seven, instead of seven. So in this in this scenario, you would have. Duffy would have knocked in that touchdown on fourth and inches, and you'd kick, kick the, the PAT and and forced a and then open. tried maybe tried an onside kick. I don't know if you would have tried one actually because there was there was a minute and one left. So if you'd have tried an onside kick and failed, failed like, like we like, always do, like you did tonight, <laughs> then that would have essentially been ball game because they probably would have gotten into field goal range with their kicker. And their kicker's pretty good. They talked about him a lot. They showed him using a tape measure before the game to measure something, like how far back he needs to get away from the tee. And then there was, then they also showed him kicking within his own end zone and hitting the field goal post on purpose. I don't know. They were really enamored with this kicker. He set some record. Oh, that's good. Like amount of time on the broadcast, maybe <laughs> uh, possibly lots of lots of extra points. I think that was the record he set. Ooh. Okay. Um. So, assuming you make the first on sorry the first two point conversion, there isn't a second two point conversion. No. No. Um. But here's the thing. I I I want to go back and like toot my own horn here for a second. Because right after we scored that touchdown and I said, hey, we're going for two in the Slack chat, I said, it's too early. Don't chase the points here. And not not that like I was premonishing, premonishing? whoa, being permission. I'm, I'm going to stop right there. Um, <laughs> Promiscuous? Not Is that, that I was not that say? I was calling what was about to happen. But like there's very little. That could, I mean, yes, you could have tied the game and really forced it, but like we obviously saw there was a huge difference in being down by one point. You know, had you just kicked the, the point after, then being down four points because when you were down by four in Oklahoma scored, then you're down by two touchdowns. Well, in that moment, you, you, you weren't thinking that they were going to run it back. That's never that's never your instant thought of oh this is going to be a four point swing here this is going to be so hard. The, the you're outcome. not you're not going to that thinking that at the time when I saw that he was going to do it because on the broadcast you could tell Kingsbury held up his two fingers and all right they're going to go for two I was totally behind it I was with him we just saw Holgerson do it to win. The game instead which, of playing for overtime, which I I think we both agree Kingsbury would not have done. No, no, I don't think he would have done that either. But just having just seen that, that was kind of a just a really bold move. And 
we thought, man, I, I think most of us probably kind of put ourselves in that position. And I forgot who it was who tweeted it. Oh, it was Briggsy. He's like on a scale of uh, risk taking. Would, would you from Jason Garrett to Dana Holgerson, which coach would you want? And so he kind of put him at the far end of the spectrum on that sort of thing. And Jason Garrett, of course, is probably the most one of the most conservative offensive play callers. But back to back to what you're saying, I was totally behind it then. I, I mean, I, I can see your qualms on it because there was a lot of game left to be played. Yeah, I think you got like seven minutes left. Yeah, but I was totally behind it because the offense was just not being productive. That was the, you know, your but art. But you would have been down by one. You would have. One. You would have been down by one. <laughs> just one. Instead of four. But no one plans on it to be run back. Ugh. All right. So there's a lot to unpack in this next tweet I'm going to read. And let me just say like all all opinions that we read may are probably not reflective of what Michael and I agree with, but we just read everything. Mark Morgan, can we trade players? No, not how that works. Duffy is the worst quarterback I've ever seen at Tech. All these physical gifts and can't do the most basic things. He's been here 3 years, right? Wrong. He was out for the the year with uh, university suspension. Still doesn't know the offense well. Maybe I, I I can't speak to that. Clearly uncoachable. I can't speak to that. That's yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty scathing review. I I understand being being frustrated with, with Duffy, but I mean, he was your third string quarterback to start the season for a reason. You can't roll into a game against the number seven team in the country with arguably the second best offense in the country. But everyone was and, wearing and black ex- shirts. And expect to keep up with your third string quarterback. I'm sorry. No. Like you, you It's a lot to ask of the kid. I mean and, and I, I and the the thing that I will maybe, agree slightly on is his his accuracy in what he reads and what he sees in the field is it needs some work. Well, and here's the thing, maybe because he was able to keep it so close, people forget that like, okay, he's your third string quarterback. Like you were in the game maybe when you shouldn't have been because without jet Duffy, that would have been a, a Colt Garrett. Right. And who knows, you know, that's a big question mark there. If Dakota and Bowman were in the game, this is from Red Raider Reset Man, fully healthy, would we have blown them out of the water? I would hesitate to say blown out of the water. I think he would have had an even better chance of winning the game. I think we would have taken advantage of some of those three and outs. Yeah, there were times when you actually stopped the OU offense. The juggernaut that it is. And And we're not being sarcastic. It's... It's something else. And didn't do anything with it. Yep. All right. And you were ahead at halftime with with Bowman. It, it yeah, just, you, you, had, you had a three-point lead. Yeah. 31-28. Yep. It just kind of it, it stings. It, it's like I said before, it's kind of a microcosm of the year. You, you've got some ups and downs that make you change your expectations, and then you come come back down to reality for a little bit at the end of it and go, yeah, that's, that was, that was, uh, an L 
That was an L. A lot of us had an L marked down. Yeah. And you, okay, you lost. Everybody thought you were going to lose. I mean, most reasonable people thought you were going to lose this game. A lot of people said you were going to lose it by two touchdowns. Had a couple of plays gone differently, like, or play calls gone differently, you were, you would have been in an even better chance to win this game. I think just in case this type of stuff happens again, we really got to practice some onside kicks. Really got to get on that. Can't kick it out of bounds. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, the the shape of the ball, like, legit is unpredictable. It is, but <laughs> from my... From there's my, some consistent, more consistent From my I've view of that kick, it was low across the ground, and then it just kicked up. Like, it wasn't like he just blasted out of bounds. Yeah. It was low. Kind of carried. It was, you know, doing its little the weird hover thing that onside kicks do. And then when it made contact with something, it just like shot out when sometimes it does that. And then it just dribbles along the ground or sometimes it does that and it shoots straight up. This one was like it hit and it was like off the sideline. I mean, it, it, it happened. The one thing I didn't like was how many times OU apparently was able to, stop a play after it had started because supposedly they called timeout before it started. I watched that. I, I I watched closely after that onside kick and Riley was really close to the line judge. So I guess he could have heard him. And I think the line judge is who called the timeout, but I'm with you. Those are, those are Cause it also like happened. freezing the kicker timeouts where you, as a referee, you almost have to know that they're going to call it before you stop the play. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't think it's anything fishy, but it was just kind of – because it happened twice. There's three times. Because it happened on a couple – It happened three times just on uh, just on offense, on a, what should have been delays, a delay of game. Well, that too, but also the, it was a play. You were – it was late in the game. You were going in to score – that last that last touchdown drive where Riley's like running down the sideline and the defense is like waving his their their arms towards the sideline and then you get a, a, a timeout called after the play's already been run. Oh. Uh, I don't know how Anyways. I missed that one. I don't miss I don't remember that one as well. Not All on right. the defensive side of the it's ball. It's fine. I'm 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 not I'm not gonna rail on the refs today. besides nah. Reg, Reggie likes nah. to hear his own voice. Um, all right, very we're, thorough. <laughs> you, you lost a game you expected to lose. You were closer than what you thought you may have been. You had a chance. It hurts, but it is what you, I mean. The result is what you expected. So it's hard to feel too down about this one. I'm not like I'm not playing the uh, moral victory here because losing sucks, and you probably. Had a great shot at taking down OU. I do think I feel pretty good about next weekend. And the last two weeks of the season, I think you should be winning. So I think you have a great shot at finishing out the season on a three-game win streak going eight and four into your bowl game. And I guess we'll find out the game time tomorrow or Monday. 
for the the Texas game because they took the six day option. Yeah, it should be tomorrow. So we'll, we'll find out what that game time is, and unfortunately, maybe it'll. I doubt it'll be an evening game, but who knows? There's not a lot of marquee games that week because that right. was when that was when it was posed to us a while back. If, if we were somehow able to steal one in Ames and and beat OU, if we would host game day. Well, and I, I think, oh my gosh, which. Seems crazy to think about now, but I, I know that's you're remarking to the end of this Washington State game because they, they, they scored a touchdown with like 30 seconds to go. The point after snap went over the head of the of the holder. Oh no! So and so they're up 19-13. Instead of being up seven, they're up six with still time to go. Um, yeah, both Texas and obviously the Red Raiders lost today. So the possibility of game day is probably really slim yeah it may be one of the pac 12 schools i, I forget who it was there was yeah. a maybe stanford and somebody were playing <laughs> i didn't look it up but there that still could be time for uh still could be a, a good be a evening game. slot yeah, yeah it could still, still be a late game just for uh just not a, a blackout probably right michael i'd hope not is that where you're going with that yeah that's exactly <laughs> where i'm going with that let's not black it out Let's just let's just people just show up. Just show up and wear what you want to wear. Yeah. All right, man. I'm gonna call it there. This works for me. I think at fifty six minutes we've done good. We have. It's one oh two AM. That's way too late. All right. For Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us. Joining what wow, it's so late I can't even speak. Thanks for joining us on the 23 Personnel Podcast post-game 